0: Welcome back and happy Thursday. Before we get into the conversation I had with Ari about her practice of yoga in college, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by Anchor. I also have some more exciting news, and it involves something many of us love, caffeine. I know that my morning routine is really important to me because it helps to calibrate my mood and set the tone for how I want the day to go. And usually, every morning, I can't start the day without a hot cup of coffee to get me going. Because drinking coffee is so important in my daily routine, I've decided to partner with Strive Coffee, which is an online coffee store specializing in single-origin coffees. Single origin coffee is not only higher quality taste, but is also sustainably and ethically sourced. So you're basically killing two birds with one stone. You're getting your daily dose of endorphins while also helping to produce a better impact on the environment, all while enjoying a cup of coffee. Grown on small estates all over the world, the beans from Strive's local roasters consume less water and resources than farms that larger coffee retailers use. You can use the code ENDORPHINS for 10% off of your next order, and my referral link is posted in my bio on the Instagram account. Now, let's get into the episode. As you'll soon hear, we talked a lot about Ari's yoga journey, and Ari essentially created an Instagram account during quarantine to document her yoga practice. Naturally, I was intrigued because... I love accounts that post yoga videos. I think yoga is really beautiful to practice and to also watch. And um, it was just so cool to see a friend of mine start posting videos of her practicing yoga. So I inquired. I was like, Ari, what's up? And basically we just sat down to talk about what yoga means to her and how it's helped to benefit her physical and mental health in college. Hi Ari, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast this afternoon. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much
0: for having me. It's kind of funny because we're physically located like three blocks away. (laughs) Yeah, we can't really record in person. So I feel like we're so close yet so far. (laughs)
1: I know, but I've got my setup here. I have my windows open. I have natural light in. So it kind of feels like I'm by you because usually when we hang, we're like outside and you have a very uh, like shiny, I don't know how to describe (laughs) it. You're very like light, bright energy. So it kind of feels like I have you by my side. Like I have your entity by me. Well, thank you. And likewise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really excited to have you on today because... First of all, I love talking about anything yoga related, and so do you. So I'm really excited for this conversation, but especially just as a college student and as a student at WashU, um, yoga has been like for me something that's really helped keep me mentally sane throughout college. And I'm really interested in learning more about your yoga journey, Ari's yoga journey. Um, <laughs> so I would love to talk a little bit about how you got interested in practicing yoga and when did that occur?
1: Sure. So I've always had the thought in my mind, yoga would be so beneficial for me, not only mentally, but physically. That's always, be, that's always been in my head. Um, and I actually practice yoga on and off, probably since freshman year of college. Um, I always loved doing you know, a sporadic class here and there or doing my own flow in my dorm room. I just thought it was a really easy way to do something really nice for your body and kind of take a break from the mayhem of college life. I would say that I didn't really get into yoga, learning about its benefits, consistently practicing until uh, we were removed from WashU. So until spring break time, that's when I started consistently practicing every day Um, or, you know, at least five times a week trying to, you know, deepen my practice.
0: So that's right around when quarantine had started back in March when spring break was happening with WashU. And I guess with quarantine, there's a lot of time, obviously, because nothing's really happening to do really whatever you want. So what made you choose yoga as that practice to start to implement on a more daily basis and really commit yourself to uh, deepening your own practice?
1: Sure. I think one of the most beautiful parts of yoga is that it's so focused on the breath and so focused on you know, not only a calm body, but a really calm mind. And something that I found in the early days of quarantine was a lot of uneasiness, like not really sure what's going to happen in the future. A lot of thoughts running through my head all the time, anxiety about friends, anxiety about what my classes are going to look like now that they're online. And I kind of felt this natural draw towards yoga because yoga is unlike any other workout in the sense where it's slower, you can breathe, you're you're not focused on, you know, going really fast, getting as many reps in as you can. It's a lot more mind connected to the body. And I thought it would be super beneficial for my mental health to, you know, have something that's both physical and almost a meditation. So I think quarantine, I had all this time and I could finally do longer yoga flows without feeling rushed for time. And I kind of got hooked from the first flow that I did. I felt so amazing afterwards that it was kind of that realization, like, why haven't I been doing this? I have this resource that is very accessible to me. You know, you just need a mat and that's really it. I don't need a gym for it or anything. So I I just started spreading the mat on our uh, top floor attic and started doing some flows. And I I really found a difference in that first yoga flow that I did.
0: I love that. And you brought up so many great points, how it's a pretty accessible practice. You don't really need anything except a mat and yourself and your presence. Um, And also that intrinsic connection between the physical part of the practice like the movement and the flow, but also enhancing your own mental state. And I, I'm curious, like during quarantine, so many emotions are, are, are going through our minds. We're experiencing everything is new. Everything is challenging and quite upsetting the current state of the world. So I'm wondering how yoga allowed you to kind of calm the anxiety, the racing thoughts that might have been running through your head. How, how did that practice really help to calm you and settle you?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that helped with the settling and the calming was the, honestly challenging myself to go deeper in poses and to breathe through any feelings of uncomfort that I had because when our brains, we can't multitask. So when I'm doing a pose that's really challenging for my body and something that I'm really working on, I can't sit there and also think, oh, what's going to happen with my psychology class? Like, what, what is my professor going to pose for homework? I'm in that moment. I'm in that moment. Okay, I need to straighten my leg here. I need to make sure my heel is aligned with my toes. I need to work on my form so I don't get injured. So there's a beauty in yoga where it brings us back to the basics. It really, your mind could be going everywhere, going crazy, but when you step on the mat, everything is back to the breath. Everything is making sure your form is good. And that's very meditative. Like focusing on one thing that comes so naturally and making sure you're not, um, you know, thinking about random things all the time. That's where the meditation comes in. And that really helps slow my mind when I'm able to distract and then also focus on one or two things that are very natural to me and very easy for me to keep up. Do you feel like that daily practice um, of of yoga and meditation
0: allowing you to you know have clarity with your thoughts and just bring a greater focus to your practice? Do you feel like that has kind of helped you beyond the mat as a student and just as a a young adult in general?
1: Totally, I totally think so. I think for one thing, seeing I wrote about this a little bit in my account, but. I have been able to do yoga poses um, that I never thought I'd be able to do. I have never been flexible. I never thought of myself as a dancer or someone who is good at art or, you know, can move in a beautiful way. And when I started getting better at these poses and I felt like, oh, I'm moving in a really beautiful way. And I, I know what I'm doing. I felt like I could achieve anything. I mean, you feel like you go from thinking one way about yourself, you know. I always thought I'm I'm an athlete, like I don't do all the dancing, you know, ballet, yoga stuff. Like I have to do the hardcore soccer, hit workouts. Like that's how I am. And then I shift that mindset to no, I can totally do both and I can totally achieve anything that I put my mind to because I'm doing that right now. I'm consistently keeping up a practice. So I think in one way, it's helped my mindset as a student understand that we're not bad at anything, you just need to start somewhere and continue. And I found that with math in myself, when I was younger, my teachers always told me that I wasn't good at math. And having this fed to me, I believed that obviously, so I performed worse in my math tests and everything. But I stuck with it and I decided that I wanted to at least finish Calc one in college. Um, and I, I'm good at math. I love math. It's not something that I don't like. So that's something that I'm continuing to learn, like finding a balance between, you know, your what you want to do and the various setbacks that are confronting you, but also knowing that you can do it. Like you can achieve your goals if you really want to. And yoga has really helped me understand that and realize that more you bring up
0: so many great points. First about like being an athlete and kind of feeling like yoga is not something you are necessarily interested in doing because the nature of practicing yoga is very different than let's say doing a hit workout or mm-hmm. playing soccer, whatever sport it is. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like there are so many misconceptions around what the practice of yoga is. I found when trying to encourage some of my friends to practice yoga, they've come to me with that same thought like, Oh, it's too slow for me, or it's just Mm -hmm. stretching. And I, I'd rather get in a different type, like type of workout. Right. And I love how you have had that mindset shift where you've realized, well, I can do both. And I'm also curious, like in your experience, would you say that all yoga flows are just stretching and slow and leisurely? Like, how have you found yoga to be an actually pretty challenging workout
1: yeah um i i don't think that all flows are just stretching and relaxing and meditative i think that there definitely are some and then i think that there are vinyasa flows that i've really enjoyed that have been very hard and you know very strength focused and there have been cardio bursts in those so i think that there's a misconception that yoga is you know one type of workout and that is the stretching lying down in in uh, savasana um and just not doing anything but that's not true and i've quickly found that i i you know i was looking on youtube for all these free yoga videos and pages there are pages and pages of them just you know, 30 minute strength, 30 minute cardio focused. And it was a really beautiful door to open and to a bunch of new opportunities for me.
0: Yeah. And I'd love to also get back to, you know, in quarantine where you decided, okay, I'm going to start this daily practice. You have an Instagram titled Ari's Yoga Journey or Ari Yoga Journey, and you document your flows. I'd love to hear more about what that exact moment was when you realized, I want to start this Instagram for fun, document my practices, see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Um. So I have come across accounts like this on my yoga, on my, um, I'm sorry, on my normal Instagram account. And I thought they were so cool because they were mostly women, but these women had pictures of them doing a pose in 2016. And then they were able to compare that picture to 2020. Um, and I kind of loved it because I've always wanted to get into some kind of journaling, some kind of documentation of progress, because I think it's really easy to stop doing it when you don't immediately see results. But by recording it and seeing, oh look, I, I was able to get my foot up higher here, or even if it's just by an inch, you know, I'm able to go longer and down dog. And you notice that when you're documenting it day by day. So I've, I came to the realization one of the first three nights of quarantine, I, I was just thinking, I want to start a project. This is going to be good for me because it combines my love of working out with my love of, you know, I've always really been into meditation and learning about the mind and learning how to quiet the mind. And I'll also be able to practice. Uh, my, I think it's a form of journaling. I think it's, it, it's a form of documenting your experience, docu- exploring what your body can do. So I think it's also practicing my ability to stick to a task, my consistency, ability to sit down and write a post for my friends that I think we're all struggling with, but nobody really wants to talk about. So um, I don't know, it kind of became this thing that was for me at first to focus on myself. And it grew into this platform that I could use to talk about stuff that's troubling me, And then I would get DMs from friends that were just, like, I would get 10 to 20 DMs in a day about how they related to what I was saying so much. Yeah. Using social media in that type of way can be very
0: vulnerable. And I love that you were so open and are so open to sharing some of those struggles or challenges that you've faced and maybe are currently facing, and also sharing how yoga has helped you, uh, you know, specifically to quiet the mind, which I think is probably like one of the most important aspects of it especially because when you're quieting your mind alongside practicing movement it's just this very beautiful synergy it's not like yoga exists solely with the poses that you do if you're just being mindless about it like you want to be really intentional about it totally. and through like the breath that's um i think that's one way you can achieve that and i'd also love to hear a little bit more about you know what are some of those struggles you were talking about on your instagram how How are people relating?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the posts that most people related to was I made a little story, a series of posts, a little series of stories about feeling lonely and feeling lonely during quarantine and feeling lonely in general in life, not finding a partner, not finding, uh, not feeling like you're not fitting in almost, and feeling therefore. Almost like you 're failing, almost like there 's something wrong with you for an inability to connect with people on a di- deeper level or to find a partner that you want to spend time with um, that was a feeling that I had, and i was it was really um, it was really augmented in in the in the quarantine for some reason, maybe because i I felt alone um, so a lot of my friends swiped up with swiped up to that story and express how they were also feeling lonely, expressing how in college it's extremely hard to not only find out who you want to be, but also who you want to surround yourself with. And I think that that's something that we have to keep on exploring in our minds. But at least I was able to get that conversation going and the thought sparks in a lot of my friends' minds.
0: Yeah, loneliness, especially during quarantine, I feel like is something many of us can relate to. And I think especially as a college student, when you're either, let's say, um, like you're studying abroad or you're just at school with your friends, like a normal school, school year, and then quarantine happens, coronavirus is you know very present in our society right now, and you're removed from your campus, you're removed from your abroad experience, and you're sent home with your family or wherever you live it can very much feel like this immediate isolation from being surrounded by all of your friends all the time. And that is a really hard experience to go through in such an abrupt way.
1: Yeah, extremely. I totally agree.
0: And I know that because everything has been online these days, you can't really get into a yoga studio, but I'm wondering, like, I know you've practiced yoga in classes before, like in person how has your experience shifted from doing in-person classes to keeping up a daily practice, but at home and doing it all remotely looking at a computer screen? How do you feel like it's changed the way
1: you move through that flow? Mm, That's a really interesting question. I think that, I mean, it, it fits well with the conversation of loneliness. If you're doing your flow in your bedroom alone it's a completely different experience than how I would feel at a studio. And that's why I've always played team sports and I've also always loved workout classes because you feel like you're going through something difficult with everyone else in the team or in the class. And so when you're doing flows alone, you're forced to find that purpose in yourself. No longer can I rely on the energy of the person next to me or the energy of the instructor to get through a difficult pose, because now I I, I have every right to just hit pause on my YouTube video and, and go down and watch TV. So in a way you lose a lot by being online and by yourself, but I think you also gain a lot of discipline because all of a sudden it's up to you to complete the flow. Normally when you go to a class, you just have to show up and the instructor helps you with the rest. But all of a sudden I'm, forced to correct my own form. I'm forced to, you know, fix it. If it's not hard enough, you know, find one that's actually challenging enough for my skill level and also make sure I'm focusing and make sure I'm like you said, moving with intent, moving and breathing and connecting my breath to my movement. Um, and I found that extremely challenging for the first few times that I did it. I had a very little, very low attention span And then I started to get the hang of it. I started to realize that when I finish the flow, I feel 10 times better. And when I'm able to focus throughout the entire flow and when I really enjoy what I'm doing, I feel so great.
0: Yeah. And I think also a huge part of yoga is like that community aspect. So when you're in the class environment, you're with so many different kinds of people. You're with the instructor, which... I'd also love to talk a little bit about more later, um, but you're, you're in this environment and there's so much energy and you're all flowing together. And that's just such a strong community building aspect. And I think there are ways to try to build that when you're, when you're doing yoga on your own or like virtually. Um, but there's also ways, as you mentioned that it's been lost, but, you know, as you know, we've practiced a few times during quarantine, like FaceTiming or screen sharing over Zoom, doing a flow together. And I mean, for me, like, I look forward to those days because I didn't feel so alone. And it was really refreshing to kind of see you on the computer screen, knowing we were
1: doing the same practice together. Totally. And I think what was so beautiful about the practices that we had together was the fact that you were leading it. In a way, there, there was an educational side of it of you're learning more about how to be an amazing instructor. And I'm there you know, learning from you. And I think like, that's something that's really important too in yoga is like, we're always learning. The instructors are still learning. The people taking the class are still learning and, and that's accepted and that's um, encouraged even. So I really loved when we would FaceTime and do a yoga flow together. And I was so inspired when you were able to lead these amazing flows that were better than the ones that I was finding on YouTube. And And they were better, not just because I knew you and I was so proud of you, but also because you were amazing, like your energy and the way that you knew everything. So um, that was really great to see for me too, coming from, you know, I hadn't seen you in so long, we're able to finally uh, Zoom call or FaceTime and now you're leading me in this really intense practice. So that was really awesome to see too. And being with you and experiencing that was a huge highlight of my quarantine. Well, now you can successfully stay up in a
0: headstand, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm so jealous because I'm not there yet. But now, ne- next time, you have to lead me in a yoga flow. And you're right. There is such an educational component um, when you're practicing yoga with another person, especially when you're, um, you're with that instructor. And uh, I know it's been so long since we've been in an actual yoga studio. But I'm wondering to, you know, I'm, I'm curious to hear if, You've ever had like a, a close relationship with a yoga teacher that you've practiced under, or um how like your experience in a yoga class has been shaped by who's teaching it?
1: Yeah. I have had a close experience with a yoga instructor. Um my freshman year after college, this summer, I was at home for that summer and I joined a gym, a gym very close to my house. And there was one yoga instructor there. I religiously went to her class, her classes, and I just really loved the way that she taught yoga. She, it was all about how we're on our own journeys and there was absolutely no rush. With my personality, I know that like, I want to be the best at something and I want to get there fast. So when I first started freshman year, I was getting really frustrated that I wasn't flexible I couldn't make it through a yoga. I couldn't make it through these 40 minute yoga classes because it was a movement I wasn't used to. And I was so confused because in my mind I'd thought, what? Like I can I can lift weights. I can run. Why can't I do this? This should be so easy for me. So I grew really frustrated and I also compared myself to everyone in the room. Like we would be in a pose and you would see my head stick up to see how other people were looking in their pose and compare it to mine. And I remember my instructor, you know, obviously she didn't call me out, but she said in the whole class, like yoga is your own personal journey and there's absolutely no rush and there's no need to rush your body because you will get there. And she just preached a lot about loving yourself and treating your body as a home that we're in. And it's the one home that we have and we might have parts of it that we want to change and parts of it that we want to hide, but you, I mean, learning to love yourself is super important. And she was saying, this is your one home. You can't move. you're, You're there. And so why rush it? Why pick on parts that you don't like when you can develop and modify parts so that you like them? And that really stuck with me because I know freshman year, like you go to a new environment and you're comparing yourself to every other person there. And I think, especially as Young women, um, it's really easy to do that with your peers. So I started on my journey of self-love and body body love, body diversity with this instructor who just told me it's okay, told me it's okay to love the parts that society tells me not to love. And that really changed the focus of yoga to me. No, No longer was it like just a stretching, just something to do when I'm not working out, but it turned into this self-care. I'm giving my body love. I'm I'm taking time out of the day to spend one-on-one time with my own body. And that made the practice so special to me. That's amazing. And especially,
0: you know, that that part where you mentioned you really started to learn how to take care of yourself and how to really love yourself is so important because, you know, as college kids, We're like mini adults kind of forced into a semi real world, but also like still are having our hands held Mm -hmm. and you're like almost into the real world, but not quite. So you can still kind of make a ton of mistakes and it can be okay, but it's so easy to spiral down into really bad habits. And, you know, the way you view yourself, the way you take care of yourself affects your self-esteem, your self-confidence, the energy that you exude and I love how something as simple as yoga, just needing a mat, just needing yourself, and just needing that commitment, can really drastically change your self-image and your confidence. And as you mentioned, like young women, it's even more—you know—it's especially harder for young women to not do the whole comparison game. It's really challenging. And I love how you brought up that point. Um, and another thing that you you mentioned also just having this instructor give you these different lessons through the yoga practice. I remember, um, one instructor said to me, you know, when you're doing like the Eagle pose, um, Mm -hmm. and your arms are bound in front of you, uh, usually like when you're doing Eagle, your hands are kind of like right in front of your face. So it's covering your, your line of sight. And, uh, the instructor said basically, like, if you actually like focus on your hands, you'll notice that your eyes can kind of see right through them and you just focus on the goal furthest out, you don't really let that like your hands block your vision, like the long, the long-term goal or the, the sight far away. And I loved that point because like as a young kid, when I heard that, I didn't really think much of it, but it's something that's stuck with me now because it's, it's another way of saying like, you don't want to let small or large or whatever kind of obstacles that are presented to you really get in the way of you sticking to your vision and your goals. And, you know, we're all very driven students at WashU. And I think WashU is a really great environment, but there's so many high achieving people. It's really easy, as you said, like to compare yourself against others. So I just love that point about always staying focused and not, and knowing that small obstacles or large obstacles even if they seem like they're getting in the way, like you have the power to push forward.
1: Right. And I think it's so interesting too, to think about yoga and the movements that we do in yoga and how we can apply those lessons to our lives. So the eagle example that you just gave, and then I'm also thinking in so many inversion poses such as crow and um, when you're doing wheel or, or bridge, they tell you to expand your heart and to, to, I know for crow, at least a trick that allowed me to do it is to look up, to look up, to not look down. I remember my, the, I watched a YouTube video and suddenly I was able to do it. And the instructor in the YouTube video was like, chin up, chin up, like look up, everybody look up. And I thought that was such an amazing metaphor for life. Like, why are we looking down and, and expand your heart and make sure you're you're looking up and out and never limiting yourself. So that's another connection that I found through the movement and how you can apply that to your life. Why are we, why are we limiting myself? Why am I looking down? Why why am I negative telling myself I can't do this when all it takes is one simple adjustment and I'm there, I'm up. I love that. I love that so much.
0: And I think it's so important for people, especially our age, to hear because. Yeah it can really, when you're in a moment of distress or anxiety, or something's not going the way you want it to, it's very easy to be very narrow focused on that one moment. And it's hard to see, to adopt a wider perspective. Um, But now, obviously, we're back in school. Now we're back in St. Louis. How has like, how has your yoga journey shifted? How has it changed now since
1: quarantine to things starting to pick up a little bit more? Such a good question. So, I feel as though I'm really applying the principles that I learned all through quarantine to my life right now because it is picking up now that I'm here and now that there's school going on and events that are socially distanced, of course, but events to attend. And I have to learn to slow down. I mean, while I'm so happy to be back and I'm so happy to be with people who, I love and bring me so much happiness. I also really need to value my alone time. And I really need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and taking care of my mental health and learning how to slow down. We're seniors. Like it's, it's amazing how, how time flew. And I really want to learn how to slow down and take my time with life and not just go through, oh, I I have lunch plans now. Oh, I I have this now. I have this now. But to learn how to intent, like with intent, go to these, go to these events, go see your friends, but savor every moment with them. Don't just go through the motion of now I'm driving to the grocery store because in two hours I have a dinner plan and I need to do this now, but more I'm driving to the grocery store. I love Trader Joe's. I love exploring new food. I'm going to pick out something fun for me to bring back, a new dessert for me to try. And then I'm going to see my friend and then I'm going to go to this restaurant and sit outside with my friends. So I think that it's really important to learn how to savor every moment. And yoga has really helped me with that, learning how to slow down my mind and just be focused on the present.
0: Yeah, it's all about being in the present moment. And I think also, you know, one way to help with, trying, you know, to slow down and be focused in the moment is to eliminate technology, eliminate distractions. Mm-hmm. I found totally. that I'm trying to spend less time on my phone because if I check my phone first thing in the morning, scrolling through social media, it's not like a great start to my day. No. And it's too habitual for me to do that. So that's something I'm working on is just like to put it away, maybe even get an alarm clock, honestly, and just have my phone separate from working. And I think it's even harder now that most classes are online. My text messages are connected to my computer. So it's even more of a challenge to focus and be in the present moment when there's all these different distractions. Now, even in like my academic environment, which is in my bedroom, (laughs) when I can like see canvas from my window. So it's, I think we're all in like this very strange time right now, but I agree with you. I think it's so important to really apply those yoga Um, the principles and the philosophy towards our everyday life now more than ever.
1: Yeah. I think your point about the phone is something I'm also really trying to do. I have bought a clock. I have a clock. So now I'm going to leave my phone. Not only is it on airplane mode, but I'm leaving it far away from my bed. So I have absolutely no temptation when I wake up to check it. And I think that social media and our phones have completely altered how we think and I think while in some ways it is positive I see a lot of the negative sides of that too I mean for me personally I was talking about my mind moving so fast I think that's a result of text messages and always being bombarded with alerts notifications I can take my class and text at the same time I can text and watch tv at the same time so we're always doing something. And we're, for me personally, I, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I can't sit in silence. I can't sit and just not do anything. I always need to be stimulated by something. And that was something I learned in one of my meditations that we are so overstimulated and it's gotten so bad. It's gotten to the point that we can't sit with our own thoughts. We're uncomfortable when there's silence. When you're in a conversation with friends People scramble to fill the silence because we're so insecure about that, but there's nothing wrong with silence. There's nothing wrong with nothing going on. And that's also what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to put away my phone, put on do not disturb. I have a lot of friends who unadded their phones to their laptops. So now they don't get messages on their phone, on their laptops. And they're really just trying to limit the, limit the notifications and the alerts so that Either we can be focused on one thing and that might be class or we could be focused on nothing and just sitting and reading a book or sitting and cleaning your room, but with no other stimulants, not even music, just to listen to your own noise, listen to the sound of the wind. So that's a really interesting thing that I've learned through meditation and yoga as well.
0: Yeah. And I also really do love that point about not really listening to anything like letting silence take up the room I think that also really ties into just practicing mindfulness, which is very much incorporated into yoga, but there's a whole body of research and a whole separate philosophy on like what mindfulness really is. Right. And, um, you know, again, like with the whole text message scenario, I, I always feel the need that I have to respond immediately one, because yeah. I just hate having like an abundance of notifications and I want them all gone. Right. And two, I just feel like, Oh, because they messaged me or because they emailed me, I have to respond right away, but oftentimes it's not very it's not very thoughtful response, and maybe I I misspoke at that one point, and I'm not really communicating the right way or the way that I want to. So I really I do agree it's so important to really slow down, and I think in a strange way quarantine did allow for that. Even though there were feelings of loneliness that definitely came up, I think you know every day for many months there was nothing to do, so I would just sit at home and. I honestly can't even remember how I passed the time now, but I think it was also a great learning experience to just kind of sit with yourself and experience how time moves differently at different points in your life. Um, And again, yoga, as we've been talking about this entire episode really influences your perspective on all of these things. So I'm really happy that you've came to these realizations because it just seems like it's brought you a lot of wisdom and happiness by practicing yoga and having these kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah, I think that I'm really grateful that I was able to discover this. And I'm even more so grateful that I have such amazing friends for for like, for example, you. And I feel like I make this joke with some of my friends all the time, but you do friends, you do favors for your friends. So for example, maybe Stella, you asked me all right, like I'm practicing to be an instructor. Will you please like take my class? That's an amazing favor. Like I'm surrounded by such amazing people that the favors that my friends ask of me are incredible. They're incredible opportunities. And I feel like I've been put in a situation where I have no choice but to grow for the better. And I'm so grateful for that. All of my friends challenge me in ways that I think make me so much better. And I think if I compare myself where I am now to where I was freshman year, there, I can't, I'm, I have no words. I think there's no way to describe how much I've grown. And of course I can attribute some of it to classes and work and that really helped to, you know, my ability to speak and what I can comprehend, but so much of my personality and so much of my values and belief have been completely altered by the people that I've met here at university and my friends. And I feel so grateful that I was able to found, find people who, who've made me so much better and who have brought me up and who have taught me so many more things. And I, I, I feel like I'm lucky. I feel like I was put in a situation where I could grow from all the people that I was with.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I feel the same way. And I think it's also important to acknowledge it, it doesn't come easy it really doesn't come easy. You have to put in the work to, to really allow for that to happen. You have to sometimes be, have to, you know, make a choice that might feel really uncomfortable to allow yourself to surround yourself with people that are going to uplift you and people who are going to inspire you. And I think, you know, through the practice of yoga and through coming to these realizations, there's just an, an amended, or a tremendous amount of gratitude that's generated and i think that's such a key point in addition to everything we've talked about with the quieting of the mind and that mind body connection through the practice but really like this compassion and gratitude is so important um and kind of on that note as we're beginning to wrap up the podcast there is one question that i ask every single guest and it ties into the theme of health well-being and happiness everyday endorphins um <laughs> What is one thing that brings you a bit of endorphins every day?
1: Oh, whoa. It's um, a great question. There are so many things that bring me endorphins every day. Um, I think that the first one that comes to mind is being able to wake up and make myself a bowl of oatmeal in the morning um, and feeling really lucky that I have the food in the, in the refrigerator to make. And oatmeal is one of my favorite foods and breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. So starting my day with a warm bowl of oats with some fruit on the side is something that makes me really happy. And it, it's something really simple, but definitely brings me endorphins and I'm able to start my day. You know, I feel so good. Like I, I ate well today and I'm ready to start.
0: I can relate on so many levels. Breakfast is also my favorite meal of the day. I love oatmeal, anything, anything breakfast. I can eat breakfast like three times a day. Um, but yeah, I love it. And a lot of like endorphins revolve not only around obviously like physical activity, but like food, food is so social and so personal Right. Um, and it definitely brings me happiness. I definitely get hangry when I'm like <laughs> starving or really hungry, and oh, no. I just need to eat something in that moment. So um, I love that response.